Word on Fire is brought to you by Catholic Cemeteries, serving the Chicago area since 1837, and FSP, dedicated to food service excellence. This is Cardinal Francis George, and I invite you to join me for the next few minutes to reflect with Father Robert Barron on the Word of God, which is the Word on Fire. Father Barron will challenge us to open our hearts to the Word on Fire, which is God's Word of love for each of us. If our hearts are open, the Lord can change and transform us so that we might speak with love about the one who is love. The Archdiocese of Chicago, through the generosity of Sacred Heart Parish in Winnetka, now presents the Word on Fire. Peace be with you. Friends, every third year in the liturgical cycle, we take a little break from the reading of Mark, and we read from the Gospel of John. More specifically, from the sixth chapter of John, the famous Bread of Life discourse. The Church does this because the sixth chapter of John is John's reflection on the meaning of the Eucharist, this greatest gift that Jesus gave the Church. In John's Gospel, there's no, to use the technical term, institution narrative, meaning no narrative of, of the cup and the bread at the Last Supper. We have the washing of the feet, then we have a long discourse from Jesus. So you wonder, well, where is the Eucharist in John? It's right here in the sixth chapter. So what I'm going to do is, for the next several weeks, use this as an occasion to talk about the mystery of the Eucharist, its theological and spiritual implications. John 6 begins with our gospel for today. It begins with his version of the feeding of the 5,000. You know, Christians, this must have impressed the first believers enormously. Because this miracle, the feeding of the 5,000, is the only one that's found in all four Gospels. It's obviously captivated the imaginations of artists and thinkers and spiritual writers across the centuries. And here it stands at the very beginning of this magnificent sixth chapter of John. Listen now to some of the symbolic details. As I've often told you, no symbol is incidental in John. No detail is accidental. Listen. Jesus then went up the mountain and sat down there with his disciples. The Jewish feast of Passover was near. Both are important, the mountain and the Passover. Jesus goes up a mountain, like Moses on Mount Sinai, like Jesus himself on the mountain of temptation, on the Mount of Tabor. Mountains are places of great spiritual intensity. They were the place where heaven was seen to meet earth, where heaven comes down and influences the earth. So they are charged places. Something will happen here on this mountain that is of great spiritual moment. Heaven and earth will meet. This is precisely what we claim about the Eucharist. It is the place where heaven and earth come together. So Jesus anticipates that by going up on the mountain. Secondly, it's Passover time. Friends, Jesus will die on the cross at Passover time. At Passover, the sacrificial lambs are put to death. Jesus himself, in John's Gospel, is the great Lamb of God, and his cross is 
the sacrifice by which the world is saved. From the very beginning, we associate the Eucharist with the sacrifice of the cross. The Mass, the unbloody representation of the cross of Jesus. The Eucharist, the body of Christ given, the blood of Christ poured out. From the beginning, we associate cross and Eucharist. These symbols, I think, are on display here in the very beginning. The Lord sees the crowd, this massive crowd of 5,000. They're hungry, they're tired, they're isolated. He takes the two fish and the five barley loaves, and then he multiplies them so as to feed the crowd this great miracle. I think we learn three very important things about the Eucharist from this story. Thomas Aquinas said, the great metaphor for the Eucharist is food for the journey. Food for the journey. What gets us through. These people that Jesus confronts are hungry, tired, and he gives them sustenance that gets them through to the next day. So the Eucharist is food for the soul. You know, a sacrament like baptism received early in life that conforms us to Christ, seals us with his identity, confirmation that intensifies and deepens that identification, marriage, holy orders that seal us for our life's mission and vocation. Those are rare, once-in-a-lifetime sacraments. Then there's the Eucharist, which, like reconciliation, is a day-to-day -day sort of sacrament. What sustains us and gets us through the journey of life. When I was um, on a bike trip from Paris to Rome many years ago, we rode about 70 or 80 miles a day. On a trip like that, you've got to be very attentive to your sustenance. If you set out on a trip like that, 70, 80 miles, and you haven't fed yourself, you won't make it. I don't mean maybe, I mean you will not make it. We used to stuff the sort of saddlebags we had with French bread, and we had candy bars for that sugar, for the quick energy, and we had bottles and bottles of water. And throughout the day, you're just eating, you're eating and drinking. There was a time on that trip when I hit the wall. That's the expression people use. It just means you stop. You're just out of energy. You cannot go on. And your body just says, okay, that's it. No more. Well, I had to get bread in me and water and various things. And then I was able to go. But I remember, boy, it proves that point. I had read about hitting the wall. I'd never actually hit it before that moment. If you don't have the sustenance, you cannot go on. So the Eucharist. It's not just a, a vague symbol. The Eucharist is food for the spirit, food for the soul. And with that food, we can go on in the spiritual life. And Christians, without it, we can't. 
I want to press this metaphor. I think it's meant in a very realistic way. Without it, we don't have sustenance for the journey. So you say, well, I'm in a good relationship with God, but I, I just never go to Mass and never receive the Eucharist. Good luck. Good luck. Because without this food, you will not make it through the journey and adventure of the spiritual life. I've spoken to you often about J.R.R. Tolkien, the author of The Lord of the Rings, which is full of Catholic Christian overtones. Really, it's a spiritual story. The elves in that story are evocative of the angels for all kinds of reasons. At a key point in the journey, this little group, this fellowship of the ring, and they're on this very dangerous adventure, the elves give them a little flat sort of cake that they make. And they say, take this with you. It doesn't taste very good. It's not very uh, pleasing to the palate, but it'll give you energy and sustenance for your journey. And when you find yourself really hungry, eat this. So they take it with them. And for the rest of the adventure, at key moments, when they're about to give in, when their strength is about to give out, they eat this bread of the angels. By the way, one of the titles of the Eucharist, the bread of the angels, which we need as sustenance for the journey, like the people in this story. Second point. Jesus says, have them all recline, have them all sit down, and then they are fed together. Another title of the Eucharist is Holy Communion. We say, I'm going to go receive communion. And you think about that phrase, it's an odd phrase, I'm going to receive communion. But that's what it means. You are what you eat. As Feuerbach, the philosopher, said, it's right, you are what you eat. When you eat and drink Jesus Christ, you become conformed unto him. Listen, when we all eat and drink Jesus Christ together, we are conformed to him, and therefore we are linked to each other. The church is the body of Christ, yes. Christ is the vine, we are the branches, yes. The church is an organic reality. What sustains this organic body? The Eucharist. That we eat and drink together. And therefore in it we build up our communion with each other. We are not in this alone. Catholic Christianity is not an individualistic faith. It's a communitarian faith. Eating and drinking Jesus Christ is what draws us together. It is the great, not just symbol, but effector of the organic unity of the church. The mystical body is realized through the Eucharist. Third point, and again, the details in St. John always matter. When they had had enough, he told his disciples, gather up the crusts that are left over so that nothing will go to waste. At this, they gathered 12 baskets full of pieces left over by those who had been fed with the five barley loaves. Why this detail that after this magnificent, miraculous feeding, there's more left over? I think two things. In John's Gospel, everything is over the top. 
super abundant. When Jesus changes the water into wine at the wedding feast of Cana, there are hundreds of gallons of wine. It's over the top, excessive. So here, when grace manifests itself, it is super abundant. Never just enough for the moment. It's enough for the moment and more and more and more. The good is diffusive of itself. God, the supreme good, is supremely diffusive of himself. So here, it's the effervescence and superabundance of God's grace. But secondly, after the meal, there's some left over. We are fed at the altar. We eat and drink the body and blood of Christ. And then we save what's left over. And we place it with infinite reverence in the tabernacle. And there it remains, the presence of Jesus, that we may access in prayer, in adoration. It's not just the moment of the liturgy. That's a kind of climax, a kind of high point. But then at the conclusion of the liturgy, the fragments are gathered that Jesus' presence might remain in the church. How come there are 12 baskets? No number is arbitrary in John. 12 is the meeting of three and four. Three is God's number, the Trinity. Four is the number of creation, the four corners of the earth, the four seasons, the four winds. Three times four, that's 12. The Eucharist is the coming together of divinity and humanity. It's the coming together of God and the world. In the liturgy, in the tabernacle, in all these ways we confront God made flesh. God now come to meet us in our ordinary humanity. That's the glory and the wonder and the mystery and the beauty of the Eucharist. God bless you. I hope that you were moved today by the word on fire. I pray that together we might become a people on fire with love for God and neighbor here in Chicago and wherever these words are heard. Until we join Father Barron again next week, I'm Cardinal Francis George. God bless you. Word on Fire is brought to you in part by Catholic Cemeteries. Most interment arrangements at the 42 Archdiocese of Chicago Cemeteries are made through a pre-need plan. Your thoughtful planning today is economically prudent and contributes to peace of mind for you and your loved ones. Catholic Cemeteries counselors are available at your convenience. For more information, call 708-449-6100. Catholic Cemeteries, serving the Catholic community since 1837.